I was trying to play uh, online with my brother on uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah. And I was legitimately getting like 19 frames of lag. Oh. It was brutal, absolutely brutal. And I was like, wait, let me just try to connect to other people. And everything before every match showed zero bars. And I was like, I, I cannot abide this. Like, I just, I can't, I can't do this. And so. My brother was like, well, how about you get this power line adapter for your internet? And I was like, power line? <laughs> don't don't make a joke. If we listen to each other's lives. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's the joke my wife and my housemates <laughs> made. Also, I hate that movie. So. <laughs> Welcome back to the Why Do I Talk to You podcast. Y'all didn't think that we were going to come back after our 25th anniversary, whatever, who's it? But here we are. Yeah, we kind of threatened that, didn't we? We did, but... I mean, not intentionally, but you never know. No, intentionally. People okay. don't like us, Dave. Well, <laughs> I like listening to us. Yeah. They <laughs> I'm our biggest fan. I know, really. <laughs> uh well, I'm Saul Starship for I'm Dave Gamer Dave Naple. All right, so this this movie cast, this one is one that we had planned on doing ever since the inception of this piddly little podcast. Um just talking about our favorite, you know, movies, our top very favorite movies and we really did mine, Ratatouille in particular for Pixar movies. We did Ratatouille a couple of casts ago. Um and with uh Incredibles 2 uh having been released already by the time this cast comes out, we decided to go back to Incredibles, and this is Dave's favorite Pixar movie, right? Yep. Yeah. This one's top three for me. Ratatouille still takes the top spot, um, so it's still high up there, but but for Dave, it, this is untouchable, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty much El Numero Uno. <sighs> this came out in the year 2004. This was Brad Bird's first uh, venture with uh, Pixar. Mm -hmm. Brad Bird, um, before this, he did The Iron Giant, Dave's favorite movie of all time. <laughs> I don't like that movie. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about that in another cast, didn't we? I forget which one. I think so. It came up. Your disdain for it. <laughs> it's not rational. I haven't seen it in years. Maybe <laughs> I like it now, but... I have bad childhood memories of it, all right? That's all it is, so. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so Brad Bird did that. Before then, he, I know he had made a name in other places, specifically The Simpsons. Um, and Iron Giant was a massive success, a big spit into Dave's face. It was a big <laughs> success, and people still love it today and whatnot. And so then he, he wrote and directed The Incredibles uh, for Pixar. Uh, the movie before this for Pixar was, was Finding Nemo. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it's Finding Nemo was before I this. I thought Finding Nemo came after this. Maybe we shouldn't embarrass ourselves like this. Well, you can look it up if you want, but I'm... I'm fairly sure. All right, fill the time. I, I thought this came after Monsters, Inc. Uh, no, no. Nemo came after Monsters, Inc. Okay. Look, look it up. I know I'm right in this I'm one. working on it, yeah. So, um, yeah, this is in the year 2004, uh, so still pretty early in Pixar's timeline. Um... You know, the the concept itself seemed, you know, pretty not typical, but like, you know, something you'd expect out of an animated movie. It's about a, a family that's a superhero. It's a nuclear family of two and a half kids and a mom and a dad, and they're all superheroes. And that was pretty much um, 
all that we knew, uh, if I remember right. <clears throat> this was back when Pixar's trailers weren't revealing like literally anything about the movie. Right, right, right? Yeah. yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah, it was a good time. They don't really, uh, they don't really do that anymore. Which yeah. Is, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It was after Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I didn't like that movie as much, so I forget about it. Anyway. <laughs> well, I didn't really. Not know. that I don't like it, but you know, I didn't. I, that's not the first movie I, I want to go to. No, yeah. It's a little too extra dramatic for me. Anyway. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's pretty much all we knew about it at that point. Um, Dave, how old were we when this movie came out? Like 14, 15? 15. 15, so yeah. still just sort of kids. Yeah. Um, if, I re- if I recall correctly for me, I did't see this in theaters. I did not either. For no other reason than I just didn't, I don't yeah. think. Um, it took me a couple of years until I saw it. And when I did, man, I was blown away. Yeah. I don't recall my first time watching it. No, it's true. I don't either. It's yeah. just like always been a part of my consciousness. Yeah, pretty much. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think ever since I've known Dave, he has said that the Incredibles is his favorite Pixar movie. Yeah. Um, there's so much to love from it. The animation, even, even back in 2004 was astounding. Well, in 2004 was astounding. If there's one thing I would say about this movie, that has the only thing that kind of hasn't aged well is the animation. Right. And it's not that it looks bad, but it does look a little dated. Right. Yeah. That's it. The music is, was it's timeless. The music was a, a a full on triumph. This was Michael Giacchino's, um, like breakout performance. Yeah. Well, yeah. Before this, he was doing lost. Um, and he, and he had, uh, you know, rock the world with Muppet monster adventure. (laughs) And, um, uh, but this was his first, like, um, uh, full length, like movie, like premiere. Mm -hmm. Um, if I recall correctly, um, they first reached out to the, I forget his name, but the man who made, um, the James Bond music and like scored several things for that. And cause that's the sort of feel that they wanted. Right. That was exactly what Um, they were going for. But, uh, but he was like, listen, I'll do it for you, but I'm going to do it my way and I'm not going to do it the Bond way. And they were like, well, you're fired. Uh, <laughs> how about we get a young guy who's not going to question what we want? Okay, okay. And so they got Michael Giacchino. But regardless, he he knocked it out of the park. He Everybody loved the score. It. Oh, my gosh. Gordon Goodwin also um, of the Gordon Goodwin Big Fat Band, if you're unaware, um, also scored um, what's called the end credits, which is just the whole credit sequence for the movie. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just a fantastic amazing. Piece of music. Tons yeah. upon tons of big bands played it like after the year was sort of like how a lot of like marching bands and like school bands would play like the pirates of the caribbean music for their like things but we did this one in our marching band oh really yeah that's part of the reason why i have such an incredible sorry (laughs) that's gonna happen a lot and i swear i don't mean to do it (laughs) um incredible attachment to this is because my junior year we did this music and it was such a blast it was (laughs) such a fun show oh my gosh so yeah it was like definitely a thing in our high school band circle too so that that helps with my attachment of it but i i will definitely stand by that it's still my favorite even apart from that so yeah all right so enough of the enough of the intro shall we just start talking about this yeah let's do it if you have not seen this movie yet there is something seriously wrong with you oh you're missing out like i don't even i won't even say anything you're just missing out i just feel bad for you if you haven't <laughs> seen this movie right like i'm not gonna shame you because man you're just already missing out just go <laughs> see this movie <laughs> i'm not gonna shame you because you're already shameful you no, you the the pain that you experience not seeing this movie <laughs> is more than you can really know you know well i'm so glad you're not hyping up this movie dave <laughs> it's so good <laughs> Dave, since this is your movie, do you want to take the lead on No, me? I don't. Why I, not? Because I wouldn't do it justice. You're <sighs> so much better at it. I always have to take the lead. You're really good at the synopsis. <sighs> 
Don't make us fight on air. Like, <laughs> what do you like mean? The, it's like this, the Incredibles fighting for their kids. Called, don't, why do I talk to you? That's what we're supposed to do. This is, are we just reenacting the movie where we're fighting in front of our children, the audience? <sighs> fine, my audience is like my fine, children. I guess, fine, I guess I'll I love I'll them start. all. <laughs> I guess I'll start. Please do. So we begin... Um, we begin with like this sort of like TV interview uh, with a very young Mr. Incredible. Um, the interviewer is like asking like, you know, like, so uh, do you have a secret identity? And everybody has a secret identity. Just sort of like normalizing these superheroes a little bit. We get to we get introduced to him, to Elastigirl and to Frozone. Those three people <laughs> well, maybe the greatest character introduction of all time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we go straight into straight into this wonderful scene where uh, it, the police are chasing uh, these like robbers right with like guns and stuff yeah mr incredible is driving around in his incredible car and <laughs> driving in like a, a tux but his car like alerts him like like oh there's something and he looks at his watch and he's like yeah i've got time <laughs> and transforms into into mr incredible and is like running like chasing after them in the car um, he stops like he stops because his little old woman is all like, oh, my cat squeakers in the tree. And he's like, OK, stand back, man. Certainly, ma'am. <laughs> and lifts the tree out of its roots and just shakes the cat away. Um, but lucky for him, the robbers are going down that street. So he just smashes the robber's car with that. It's tree. funny. I didn't even think about it, but that's actually the first time you like get introduced. To, oh, this is what his power is. Is that he's super strong? Oh yeah, how about that? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. You it's never actually so hear what his what his power is. No, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because Mister Incredible, you don't really get a gauge of what that is. No, I mean I'm sure in the trailers they'd sort of hinted at it or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. but Elastigirl, Frozone, like you know what they do. No, well yeah, it's all in the name. <laughs> it's on the name. So um, then we cut really briefly to like him having a little repartee with Elastigirl. No, there's because the, he first he stops this car and then he hears about another crime because apparently this the city. Just on fire, yeah, (laughs) constantly. Like, yeah. So he goes, stops this person with the stolen purse, and like Elastigirl shows up, and they get all flirty, flirty. (laughs) You need to be a little more. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do do that. that. Gross. (laughs) So bad. Oh man! And And then then, like immediately passes by, and it's like chasing by this helicopter, (laughs) and then there's big old crowd on the floor because like a guy's about to jump off of a skyscraper. (laughs) Then he saves the guy from falling down from the skyscraper, and then he's in a bank, and then the bank vault blows up. (laughs) Sheesh. Yeah, so, so he's got some problems. So the bank is is being robbed by uh, the famed notorious pyrotechnic <laughs> bomb voyage. Monsieur Club. <laughs> Man, this movie's great. I love that line so much. Um, I don't know why. They get interrupted by uh, this uh, this little this little boy who calls himself Incredible Boy, Buddy. Uh, <laughs> that is his real his name. name is not buddy <laughs> might be buddy i don't know <laughs> um who is not a super but he is an in, he is a big fanboy of mr incredible and is also he's got a penchant for for mechanics and engineering and like he made like you know flying boots and you know some other trinkets and gadgets and whatnot he's about to show him his flying boots when bomb voyage throws one onto his cape sticks a bomb onto his cape right so mr incredible chases after him gets the bomb off Turns out, though, he throws the bomb onto, like, a train track and blows up the train track. And he has to now stop the train track Spider-Man 2 style. 
my goodness. Well, just his brute force, which, yeah. is, which is fine. Has Spider-Man 2 come out yet at this point? Yeah, Spider-Man 2 came out in like 2002, I think. Okay, fair enough. Or 2003 something. I, I just I knew that because when I saw the train scene, I was like, Spider-Man too much? Like, Spider-Man know, did that first. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Except his scene was a lot more dramatic. Yeah, I was just curious about like where superhero movies sort of were when this came out, you know? Uh, we had Spider-Man and we had X-Men. Yeah, um, okay. I think that was about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Batman Begins didn't come out until 2005. Mm-hmm. So we were just about to, like, begin, like, you know, the big revolution, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he can't stay for long because he keeps on saying that he has this engagement and he has to leave the police. And he drives <laughs> up, just like, huh? <laughs> he drives up to a church and back in his tux. Turns out he's getting married that day to Elastigirl <laughs> and is, like, late. Like, she's already at the altar and he just sort of, like, struts on down. Um, so they get married and she's all like, you know, like, you know, as long as we both shall live, no matter what happens, it's like, Hey, we're superheroes. What could happen? Oh man. Turns out getting sued can happen. Which, you know, when this happened, I was like, this is interesting. Like, yeah. Even as a kid, I was all, I knew what suing was. And I was like, this is kind of interesting actually. So basically the guy that he saved from jumping off the building, by catching him mid-fall and, like, crashing through a building. Um, he sues him. He sues him. Because after he knocks him in there, he's like, oh, I think you broke my neck. And so, yeah, turns out that he did, apparently. And so he sues him for those damages and for, you know, not letting him commit suicide, I guess. <laughs> they, he, there's, like, a press conference where his, like, lawyer is talking to him. And Mr. Incredible interrupts. He's like, hey, I saved your life. He's like, you didn't save my life. You wrecked my death. <laughs> And uh, that sort of sets off a chain of uh, different events where tons of other supers are getting sued and yada yada. And it's costing the government tons of money because somehow the government has these supers backs, even though they're not like government sanctioned. It was, Yeah, it's weird. I'd never quite made sense. I mean, it's also like that I live in this era and I'm used to like good Samaritan laws right? Yeah. where you can't do this. And actually, this is why I brought up the MatPat video to you. Not that I want to shill for him, but <laughs> it was interesting to see him, him note all the things that I sort of thought about this. I was like, oh, would that work? And it's kind of like, no, but like there is like kind of an explanation for why it happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. But um, which basically boils down to the laws change over time. And when this movie's actually set, a lot of those laws weren't necessarily in place yet. So mm. it's like in, the, in a theoretical world before these existed, this could happen because like, you know, the supers are obviously working with like the police department, which are definitely government agencies. Right. Yeah. So the theory is like the government's kind of responsible for it for those reasons. But that's just the theory. Mm. No, don't don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do what? Dave. <laughs> what? Dave, don't do it. I don't know what you're talking don't about. Don't do it, Dave. I'm not gonna do what? Next S- part of the movie. So I'm so scared. I'm like, what are you? <laughs> drink my water. I'm thirsty. I'm just getting a drink. So, anyways, we go on forward, and um, there's like a newsreel announcer sort of talking about things and saying that after a while there becomes this big movement to just ban superheroes, which is so needed because you know the whole town isn't in disarray on war every single <laughs> Seriously, night. Seriously, yeah. Um, and so the government starts like the superhero relocation program or something like that. Well, I guess exactly what it is, <laughs> and where they just like give them you know secret identities, basically an integrate them within like the rest of the human populace and then we cut to like present day which you know like a like a couple maybe like 15 years i think they say it's 15 years later yeah yeah. and uh now mr incredible is just like working in a in a misshapen cubicle (laughs) for like an insurance agency right next to like the 
Smith's pole that <laughs> keeps the entire building up for whatever. <laughs> and uh, they had presumably like sort of recently moved into the new house like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we just sort of get some interesting to like what their life is right now. Alessa girl is just a stay at home mom with a, uh, with their baby Jack, Jack uh, dash is sort of a troublemaker in his school. Cause he's, he, he, you know, dash, we all know him. He's, he's super fast. He's the flash. Yeah. And, uh, can like drop attack on his teacher's chair, like in the, in like a mere blink of an eye. <laughs> he even caught him on video and they couldn't really see what was going on. That's a, he's a great kid. Ca- even like the throwaway characters in this movie are great. Like his teacher, Bernie is like so genuine and so hilarious. Coincidence? <laughs> I think <laughs> not. <laughs> Bernie. Oh, Bernie me. <laughs> Uh, great scene and all uh, the scenes are great and violet uh the daughter is like you know the awkward uh, the awkward teenager shrinking who like, violet eh. Eh. <laughs> she's got this this crush on this preppy guy named tony reitinger mm-hmm. and then they have like a dinner scene where like bob is just like you know and she not- can turn invisible oh, yeah. and throw up barriers and bob hates his life because yeah. he's working at a terrible insurance company where every time he tries to like actually give people their insurance money his boss yells at him <laughs> This movie is one of the best examples of showing and not telling. Yeah. Um, there's there's a scene when he comes home from work. He's driving in this car that barely even fits him. Yeah. And like he drives on in, he steps out of his car and he slips on a skateboard. <laughs> and so, but he catches himself by grabbing onto his car. But he's super strong, so he causes like finger dents like in in the top of his like car hood. And then so so the he can't close the door won't shut. So he yeah. can't close the door because the finger dents are like causing it to do that. So in anger, he slams the door shut, and so it shuts, but it slams it so hard that the glass breaks. And so he's so angry that he just picks up the car, but a kid is watching him the whole time. Yeah. So he just like quietly puts Sets back down, down the car and then just walks on in. <laughs> not a single word spoken, not out of anybody in this one scene, but yeah. it's like, it's great. Again. Watching this movie again and I don't, whatever, you can cut this part if you want. Like, I don't think it breaks the immersion or whatever, but we already, the Incredibles 2 episode is in the can. So you can look forward to that one next week, but and thinking about, I never realized this about Incredible One, but there's a lot of moments where there's no like talking, right? Like no one is telling you what's going on. It's just kind of, there's stuff happening, but you're just watching it happen. And the characters aren't talking or even interacting with each other, either because it's just sort of a solo thing where they're on their own or whatever, right? It's just kind of happening. And I never really noticed what that does for the movie, but it's so interesting for pacing and for letting the music speak for itself and Mm. letting the world speak for itself. Right. Mm. Like they're just in these situations that are so cool to watch and stuff. Um, and like not many movies do that. Um, I think that was a really big risk that they took, but they were very confident in their ability for to an animated like Disney yeah, movie, yeah, especially for that, yeah. for sure. You look at like freaking like Despicable Me, like I bet you can never find a, a bit of silence in that movie. Yeah, even if there is like a time for there could be silence, they're probably just minions making their dumb noises. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true, but like that's the kind of and they in those they rely a lot on their camera work, which we'll probably talk about more later. But just sort of in general, this scene, I didn't even put it put that to this scene, but yeah, you're right. This is a great example of a scene that just shows you exactly what's going on through his like actions and through his emotions and what's going on and not anyone having to tell you or whatever, yeah. right? I feel like it's like there's like no music playing in this scene either There actually. isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. So, yeah. 
So then uh, they're at dinner. It's kind. It's more or less just like a regular like family dinner scene with like you know the dad who's sort of like not caring too much, just reading. He's, the paper. he's distracted. He's yeah, coming home from work. And um, his life. And you know, he hears about Jack Jack uh, getting in trouble. You, oh my gosh, you did it again. I did it again. <laughs> I've been doing this this whole time, calling Dash Jack Jack, yeah, or even saying Dash Dash. Like I've done that too. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Oh my gosh, you did it again. You didn't even stop to think about it. You caught yourself so many other times. You just kept on going. You know, uh, Jack Jack, he got in trouble at school turning into fire or whatever. I've I've given up, Dave. I've just given up. Anyway, Dash gets in trouble. Dash gets in trouble. He tells, you know, he tells uh, Bob about it. But like, even he's all like, they caught you on camera and you didn't get caught. Whoa, you You must must have been been booking it. <laughs> and he cuts through the plate. You know? Yeah, it's really cute because you could tell he's like really excited about his son's powers and stuff. And mom's just like, "Honey, like he did a bad." And he's like, "I mean, it's, you know, but like how fast are you going?" <laughs> so they're having a family squabble. The only thing is that now Elastigirl can like harness them in that way. Dash can run really fast, and Violet can cause force fields to stop him <laughs> and stuff. And, yeah. and then Bob comes in and just lifts the whole table, and yeah. everybody's all crazy. But then Lucius comes over for like their weekly bowling visit or something. Yeah, Lucius Frozone. If we haven't said that, oh, I don't think we did. <laughs> so they so they go quote unquote bowling. It turns out what it is is that they have a police scanner in their car. And they're like talking about the glory days, but they're also listening for nearby crimes so that they can relive some hero work. Um, so they hear of a house fire, and so they rush on over to it. It's um, not a house. Well, maybe like an apartment. Oh, yeah. It's a yeah, building. So they go in wearing robbers' masks, <laughs> <laughs> and they save all the people. And so Frozone is about to about to extinguish it. By the way, Frozone, if you don't know, is played by the wonderful Samuel L. Jackson. Boy. There literally could not have been anybody else to play that part no, but Samuel L. Jackson. What a what a job he did. So he. I tried- mean, all the voice actors. I'm not familiar with like anybody else, of course but. Not. Like Bob and Helen's voice actors are just already iconic to their characters for me, and they all do a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Do you know who they are? Are they like known? Craig T. Nelson, okay. Holly Hunter. Okay. What else are they known for? So they can't extinguish the fire. <laughs> I'm sorry. Whatever. <laughs> Fine. Screw you. I, I didn't want to know anyway. I, I, no, no, no. I just I don't know them from anything. Else. Oh, they, <laughs> thank just, you. Okay. I just know their names. Fair enough. Okay. So uh, uh, Frozone can't extinguish it because he apparently his powers are contingent on the moisture in the air, which is an interesting, interesting thing to note. Actually. Well, moisture in the air or from his own body. Yeah. He can do one or the other. So. And so, so he's not only dehydrated from the fire, but it's also on fire. Yeah. And he's all like, you know, I thought you could use the more water from the air. There is no water in the air. What <laughs> happened to you? Ran out of strong or something? Ran out of muscle? And he's like, I can't crash through these walls here. This building's going to collapse. I wanted to go bowling. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they end up do finding a safer wall to crash through. But turns out they crash into a jewelry store Oops. <laughs> with laser, Set off all the alarms. laser motion alarms and stuff. Yeah. So the cops come on in for that. Lucius finds a little water cooler and just drinks one little bit of it and just freezes the cop yeah this is never addressed again but there it is yeah um all the while police officers (laughs) all the while they've been watched by this mysterious white-haired woman um so you're like oh that's the bad guy or something or whatever yeah so then bob sneaks on in home everybody's asleep already um stuffs his face with chocolate cake and but then elastigirl like turns on the turns on the lamp and catches him like reliving hero work i mean i guess we're assuming that he's done this a lot 
and that's sort of contributed to them moving so much. Well, yeah, something like that, or just like getting in trouble with work. And I mean, Lucius talks about how like they've been doing this for a while, and he's kind of done with it, and actually wants to go bowling. <laughs> but you know, Bob wants to keep doing this. He's yeah. like, all right, whatever. So well, they get in a fight. They get in a fight. Yeah, it's a. It's an interesting family squabble. Sometimes you forget that these are superheroes. Yeah. But the family squabble is also like about superhero business, but they're squabbling like you would hear any other like marital squabble like happening. Yeah. And it's really interesting because like you, Bob seems to like clearly be in the wrong, but you can still feel everything he's feeling. Right. Like you feel his frustration with the situation and like, yeah just like how unfair he feels like it is, but you still feel like he's being a little pig headed as hell oh, puts sure. it later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, you kind of get it, you know, he's, he doesn't, he never strays into being unsympathetic, right? Like you can tell he's in the wrong, but you can tell he's really like hurting at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's good character building mm-hmm. really. So the next day at work, he gets called into the office by his boss, uh, the, the insure care, right? That's what it's called. Yeah. Basically, uh, his boss has found out that like all of his clients have been able to like, navigate the bureaucracy (laughs) navigate their way through all like the hoops and loops and stuff that these insurance companies put you through and stuff and they've been able to like game the system somehow because bob has been telling them all like the insider secrets (laughs) and of course the boss doesn't like that all the while he's being reprimanded he's he witnesses a mugging happening like outside and so he's like compelled to like go out there and like do something but then the boss is like stop right there or you're fired (laughs) Uh, by the way, the boss is played by Wallace Shawn. Uh, you might know him as Rex or Inconceivable Guy. Yeah, I'm a very inconceivable guy. <laughs> um, and he's this, and now he's had it. He breaks. Um, so he grabs him by the throat. And well, throw- Bob grabs his boss by the throat. The boss does not grab Mr. Incredible. I mean, I think it goes without <laughs> clarification. I don't know. And throws him through like four Five drywall walls. Yeah. <laughs> cartoony style. Um, their government like agency, like representative Rick Dicker, like comes and like sort of like, you know, gives slight backstory that like he has to do this a lot for Bob and relocate them a lot and spend a lot of money hushing people up about what they saw and fixing things and yada, yada, you know? Yeah. So, um, but then Bob is all like, no, we can't, we can't move again. Like we just finished, we just finally got finished unpacking. So, um, but, he he got Mirage's thing somehow. Well, Mirage sneaks in when he gets called into his boss's office to reprimand him and like sneaks it in with the rest of his stuff. Oh, so when okay. he packs up his belongings to leave, he takes that with him. So yeah, the, the person who was spying on on Lucius and Bob earlier, her name is Mirage. She leaves this like missive in his like in his things of like this automated like video message. Yeah, like a, it looks like a tablet. Y- yeah, yeah. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> um and uh you know, explains this like a mission of like, they need the supers again. You're the only one that can help. And it's all like, you know, the superheroes aren't gone. You're still here. And, yeah. You know, you can still be something great or you can listen, listen to the police, police scanners. scanners yeah. You know? And she he's, offers him buco bucks, like yes. triple his annual salary. Or and whatever. he's like watching this all in like his personal study that has like all these like newspaper clippings of his, of his right doings and pictures and medals and yada, yada. So of course he's like really attracted to this going back to the glory days. Yeah. So, uh, he goes on out or actually the the message blows up. Yeah. <laughs> it sets off the fire alarm. Yeah. Um, and he has to start lying to his wife though, because he could have said that he got fired today for throwing his boss through five <laughs> layers of drywall, or he could say that he got, is going to be sent away for like a work conference or something like that. So that's yeah. what he says. 
he gets uh, sent to this like a volcano island. He's briefed on what this is. And, you know, allegedly, according to Mirage, this big tech company, they created this robot with artificial intelligence and it got out of hand. And now it's like roaming in this like forest that they live in, like all on their own. And so he needs to he do, he needs to disarm it, basically. Yeah. Um, so he puts on his old super suit that barely fits him <laughs> uh, and he encounters the Omnidroid Mark seven. It's this big ball, big ball, big with ball these, droid. Like, with these like arms and they have this big. <laughs> fight and they go in like inside like the mouth of the volcano it's a good fight scene yeah it's a great fight scene it's fun seeing him kind of be older and a little out of shape but yeah there were a out. lot there were a lot of those jokes in here but it doesn't it's not a prevailing theme like you know oh, he, yeah he gets out of breath running you see his like big gut through his like uh through his super suit yeah this is another one of those moments where there's like no talking he's just kind of running through the forest but it's not boring there's like spots also where you see him like he's looking at trees because he's seeing like the slash marks from the, yeah. on the droid and stuff yeah Again, no talking. Yeah, it's really interesting. He even discovers, like, he discovers how to disarm the robot without, like, talking to himself, like you might would in other cartoons. You know, he's not like, oh, you're going to uh, go inside the center here. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, you know? it just, like, kind of happens. He just does it. Yeah, it's great. Like, there's some, like, shouting and cheering he does in the middle of it, but it all feels very genuine, right? Sure, sure. It's not like he's, like, saying things. He's like, ha <laughs> like, yeah, or whatever. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know. It's just a fight scene. It's yeah, good. It's good. It's good. Um, so after that, he gets invited to dinner from a mysterious unnamed person. Well, I mean, it's Mirage, but he like gets there a little early. And so he sees Mirage talking. Well, to no, this, like, well, cause somebody's figure. like, invite him to dinner. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That part. Anyways. So he goes inside. Yeah, he sees that tries to pretend like he didn't see that. And then they have like another like smooth, suave talk. <laughs> He's attracted to power. So, so am I. <laughs> Everything's delicious. <laughs> Huh? So then starts a it's one actually a good scene. They have some they have good chemistry. Works yeah. really well. It's it's really like bondish, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so then starts off a wonderful montage with a wonderful bit of music by Michael Giacchino. It's called Life's Incredible again. Yeah. Um this montage is of Mr. Incredible getting in shape by lifting trains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like he's becoming like a better father, like playing with Dash and you know, like just being cute around Violet, and you can see that like Elastic Girl is like getting more uh, physically attracted to him and stuff yeah. like that. Um, now, during the scuffle with the Omnidroid, um, it ripped a bit of his super suit, so he's all like, ah, "I need to get this repaired, I guess." And so he yeah. goes uh, to their designer, Edna Mode. Hang on, I want to pause a sec, go back to the Life's Incredible sequence. Mm. I I thought it was really cool when you pointed out, it's like, look, he's like being a better dad because he's like happy and stuff, and I feel like that really helps paint him in like a better light, you know? Sure. Where like you know he's doing bad stuff, like lying to his wife and getting involved with these people who are obviously going to be the bad guys, right? <laughs> but like he's it's not like he's a complete self-centered jerk right like no. he he just wants to do something that makes him feel fulfilled and once he does that he becomes a better husband to his wife he becomes a better you know he's helping his wife a bit with like chores around the house by lifting chairs while she <laughs> vacuums it or whatever and you know he's just hanging out with his like kids and like enjoying time with the with jack jack even though he's just a baby yeah whereas at the beginning he seemed like just so disinterested in life so i feel like that really helps to paint that even though he was kind of selfish in doing that, he's not just some jerk, right? Like, yeah. yeah, he's going off and spending all day working out for himself, but it's not like he didn't earn triple his annual salary, right? Sure. Like, he's he can do that. So <clears throat> it's it's a cool scene, and it really helps to humanize him and stuff. So mm -hmm. it's neat. Anyway, Edna. That's, that's also probably my favorite bit of score from the movie, too. It's really good, yeah. yeah. You, I don't – sorry, go ahead. Well, people need to look that up pretty much, like, right now. Yeah, know. it's – yeah. 
It's good music. Okay, so he goes to Edna Mode, this really squat woman with some ambiguous giant glasses. Yeah. So, I mean, you you figure out that like she was like a very famous like designer of super suits for for heroes back in the heyday, and since then she's just like sort of become like a world famous fashion designer, and that's like not fulfilling to her, but she's like doing it because it's you know because it makes the money yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Um. So she's happy to see Bob back and um. You know, it says like, you know, I just need a patch job for old time's sake. And she's all like, oh, this is a hobo suit, darling. And so <laughs> just pretty good accent. and just <laughs> and just decides to make a whole new suit for him. Uh, here's what the no capes joke comes in. Yeah. Uh, which joke. without even knowing the ending of the movie, I thought it was clever because like you always, you know, Superman has a cape. That's all you think of. You know, we said this about Kung Fu Panda. This this movie also does a whole lot of callbacks and a lot of a lot of the Chekhov's guns that are kind of subtle at first or just seem like small jokes, but then come back later. Right. I feel like there've always already been some that I'm not thinking of, but they're everywhere in this movie. Right. And it, yeah, it does that really good. And I, I just love that technique when it's done well, where things just sort of happen because, Oh, they're showing you something and haha, that was funny. And then (laughs) it kind of actually matters later. Mm -hmm. Right. Like before you don't really see too much this, but like Bob is reading like some of the stuff that Bob is reading in the paper about is Gazer Beam, one of his old super buddies has gone missing. And like, oh, that's weird, but and that does end up mattering later, for example. So Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. But there there are a lot of smaller ones of those that I'm definitely not thinking of off the top of my head. But huh. yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay, so after this, he gets another correspondence from Mirage. At this point, um, Mrs. Incredible is sort of like Getting suspicious because, like, she sees a white hair on, I suppose it, I shouldn't say white hair, platinum blonde hair <laughs> on, like, one of his business suits. And she's like, uh, that's weird. That's about my hair. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's a little weird because you assume that he's at work working with other people and that could, whatever. Yeah, like, know. oh, that must be Greta Girdle Gertie's <laughs> hair. Yeah, but anyway, but they get a phone call. Mr. Incredible's insistent, like, no, 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 I got like don't don't pick up yeah, i got it she's like super, uh. yeah. so but so she picks up the phone anyway and all she hears is like you know a woman's voice and his voice and she's like when can you be there he's like i can be there right away so he's like tomorrow like, more first thing tomorrow yeah yeah so he leaves and but she's all like you know like i love you like, yeah like he has no idea what's going on he's just going to work but she's like trying to really stress the fact that she loves him and stuff like that yeah. like this is one of those things i did not get as a kid seriously like, at all i seriously. did not like the thought of infidelity like never crossed my mind which is great right like again they never say that if you're a kid and you're just watching this movie you're just like oh she's mad because she knows he's lying exactly to her. And that, yeah. that's where it ends like full stop right and that even like where she's crying at edna's place she's like oh she's overreacting a little bit but i can get how that'd be really disturbing like having your husband lie to you like that and winding up on a private island like never even even with the line later on of her being like oh you unfaithful whatever like Mm -hmm. i never got that it had extended all the way back here until i was older right right? and that's so subtle and smart right like it's just so good because there's so many things that they don't tell you in this movie that they could just leave for you to see and figure out when you're ready to see it Mm -hmm. it's great it's good Yeah, it's great Anyway, he takes off. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes off and is like given like a wonderful hotel room and yada yada. Um, mimosa. Mimosa and shrimp cocktail. <laughs> we don't like shrimp cocktail. Like, it just seems like the weirdest thing was like, here, let's give you the shrimp that we cooked, but like it got cold. <laughs> but here's some like marinara sauce that we had left over from our <laughs> pasta last night for you to dip it in, I guess. Like 
gourmet. I'll I'll put it in this cocktail glass. Yeah. Uh, uh. Shrimp doesn't go in a wine glass. <laughs> so meanwhile, though, he's like, you know, clearly in the lap of luxury and he's all happy. Uh, Mrs. Incredible like starts like to vacuum his den and sees the past job on his old hobo suit. <laughs> so he but she knows immediately Edna. Yeah. So she calls up Edna. Edna's all like, oh, you know, you need to come over in like an hour. You know, wonderful, wonderful, darling. Yeah, come see these suits. And she's like, what are you? What are you talking what? about? Yeah. <laughs> so um, so then uh, we go back to, to, Mr. to Incredible. Mr. Incredible. He's told to like go to like a meeting room at like such and such time. And so he goes there. And nobody's there at this like big long table with an S on it. And he's just like, well, I guess I'll just sit down. <laughs> Nothing happens. And then he's ambushed by the Omnidroid Mark 10. Yeah. And uh, like is like ambushing him, not giving him any time to react. And is pretty much just about to cut his head off. And the whole time there's like some kind of like voice in the background. He's bigger. He's better. better. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so then, so then the robot stops and then this guy with like, you know, crazy red hair, crazy red hair and the mask and the big S on him and, uh, just kind of flies up and just all like, you know, like, oh, this went through so many tests, but you are worth it. I mean, after all, I am your biggest fan, (laughs) buddy. My name's not buddy. (laughs) We had a big debate of wondering of whether or not his name actually is buddy. Because it's kind of a joke at first when he first appears in the flashback that Mr. Incredible can't actually remember his name for a second. <laughs> I really like, like to think, I really want to believe that his name actually isn't Buddy. I always assumed he was just trying to disown the name Buddy, so he insisted his name wasn't Buddy when it really was. Which is, I mean, I feel like that's probably what they were going for, but it is more fun to imagine. I just want to think his, na- like, his name is like Steven or like something <laughs> really just like plain. Really not like Buddy at all. <laughs> uh. So, um, so yeah, you find that now incredible boy, buddy, whatever is now uh, this guy called syndrome who again is not a super, but he has a whole bunch of tech on his side, including zero point energy, which just like freezes you in your spot. Yeah. And Uh, he can like pick you up and fling you wherever mm -hmm, with like no effort. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Um, so, but in his, in his monologuing diatribe, he ends up throwing Mr. Incredible like miles away. Yeah. Mr. He's like monologuing to Mr. Incredible because obviously he had him right where he wanted him, but he lets him go to like brag about how you thought I was this blah 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 and Mr. Incredible tries to like throw a log at him but he evades it and you know catches him anyway and he talks about catching him monologuing which was something calling back to the conversation that he and Lucius were having in the car oh yeah Lucius is talking about how he's captured by Baron Von whatever and he's like he starts monologuing <laughs> and they're just laughing but, oh villains are so stupid <laughs> and, then, and then like yeah he throws that at him and freezes him he's like you sly dog you, you caught me, me monologuing <laughs> yeah that so. was beautiful it was great. So he's chasing after him, um, and Mr. Incredible like falls down this like waterfall to try to evade him, but then he like throws this like bomb at it's him. A teeny tiny little bomb. It's like a teaspoon, but it like is like a nuclear device <laughs> or something. But Mr. Incredible is able to evade it and gets like thrown into this like underwater cavern. Um and uh, finds the skeleton, the yeah. fully rotted skeleton of Gazer Beam, which in is there. pretty impressive considering that Gazer Beam was noted missing like two and a half months before this happens or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm no forensic scientist, but I think body <laughs> decomp takes a like lot that. longer than whatever. Yeah, well, so um, even like uh, Syndrome sends in like this like little drone that like scans for life forms, but like Mr. Incredible hides behind the corpse <laughs> of Gazer Beam Gross. and it doesn't <laughs> doesn't sense him. Gazer Beam apparently before he died 
died. Because like, I guess Gazerim is like a Cyclops X-Men type Yeah, I'm pretty person. sure that's what's going on. And he spelled out the word Kronos with a K um, like in his like final moments or and whatever. And like the cave wall and stalactites yeah, and stuff. So, yeah, so Mr. Incredible just remembers this. And so then the next few scenes, uh, well, we go back to Elastigirl actually at Edna Mode's place. And Edna like shows this full array of super suits that she made for all the family. Yeah. Um, and all the while Elastigirl is just like, what do you do? Why did you do this? <laughs> and, but then like Edna is all like, Oh, I thought that Roberts would have told you. Yeah. 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 He was like, well, do you know where he is? And she's like, well, he's on the work. Do you know where he is? And, um, calls insurer care. They're all like, um, my record show, he was fired like <laughs> two a months long ago. Time ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then um, all this time also, Mr. Incredible is like sleuthing around, trying to sneak in through the compound. And Great camera like work that. throughout this entire. It's it's hard to describe this scene because this is one of the coolest scenes in the movie. But like, really, you can you can describe it as simply as he's sneaking around the compound trying to get into, you know, find where they're hiding or get behind this lava wall where he saw <laughs> people go in and out of before. But a lot actually happens. Like, it's a lot of cool camera work of him, like beating up these like faceless minion dudes with no dialogue with no dialogue in their little circle pod and like hucking it across the island at some of them and the moonlight and just like just these great shots Mm -hmm. all everywhere the cinematography is so just like refined and sophisticated yeah it really is like how top directors direct their live action action movies you know yeah it's stuff that i feel like animated movie makers like feel like isn't necessary for their movies or like you don't need to like you don't need to think about camera work because you're not using a camera it's just however you want to draw them right Mm -hmm. but the, the theory is the same it's like you're looking at a camera yeah which is a strange way to think of it since you would think you wouldn't want to feel like you're looking through a camera, like to make it more, I don't know, immersive. And yet it's just the perspective, right? Just the perspective it gives you is always very professional and always very interesting shots. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's yeah. So he sneaks through to this computer mainframe and you know, first thing it asks is for a password, and so he immediately puts in Kronos, and that boy was that simple. How did he get that password, Gazerbeam? I don't know. Yeah, how about you know, what killed him? <laughs> how did whatever? I don't understand anything having to do with the answer being. So luckily, he has like a, a one million inch screen, and yeah. like um, it, it shows him like his whole plan. First of all, it shows a database of all these supers, and he finds out that Syndrome has actually gone through like a whole like mess dozens of supers. Dozens of supers, yeah. Basically, the same way he got he got Mister Incredible. They were like mo- they were like discovered. And they sent them to the island under these, like, you know, these false pretenses. And the Omnidroid killed them. Yeah. And if they destroyed the Omnidroid, they just made a more powerful one. And then that eventually killed them, too. Yep. Um, he looks up, you know, if they found Elastigirl, they haven't. He looks up if they found Frozone, they obviously have. And then he looks up the evil plan, but it's all, like, animatic. So, like, you don't really know exactly what it is. You just see, like, rockets rocket drop ball, ball attack city. <laughs> yeah. Know? That's about it. <laughs> Bad. Um, and then it's like... Oh, by the way, this is happening in like eight hours. It's yeah. like, oh, uh, <laughs> shoot, maybe do something about that. So back at Edna's, Edna reveals that she put a GPS tracker in each of the suits, including Bob's. So she's like, all you have to do is just push this button. And so she does. 
It tracks where he is, but it also makes a ruckus inside the mainframe room that the security detail turns on. Yep. And it shoots like these expanding, like sticky balls of lead. That's or what something. they seem like. Yeah, it's it's nothing that could really exist. But they shoot this like goop that lands on Mr. Incredible. like, what the? And he like picks it off himself, but it sticks on his hand and it's getting bigger. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. But like there's like hundreds of these things on the wall just pelting everything. How do you clean that up? What if some of that gets on your computer? <laughs> that stuff's never coming off. Those workers are just like, oh, not again. Oh, God. <laughs> the last job took three months. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> anyway, he gets gooped. He gets gooped. <laughs> and uh, um, Mrs. Incredible just assumes that the infidelity is correct, and she's, like, crying she's in like front of Edna. She's, like, breaking down. Yeah. Edna's just not having and it. She's, well, she's all like, you know, what am I going to do? And she's like, what do you mean? Like, you're a lesser girl, you know? And so just, like, you know. Because Edna is very pro-superhero, right? She's yeah. like, super, dude, super stuff. Like, you need to remind him that he's Mr. Incredible, and he's awesome, and you know he's a Mr. Incredible, and you're a freaking elastic girl, and you're not going to take this crap. <laughs> like, you go do that. And then visit me when you get back. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so she's preparing to leave. Basically, she's preparing to leave for quite a while. Um, Dash discovers the super suit because she decides to pack hers just in case. Yeah. Um, and Violet discovers the super suit also, and yada yada. Um, she uh, then calls up an old buddy Snog uh, for for an airplane favor. Um, so they're uh, they're flying off. Yep. And. Um, Oh, back at the island. So, yeah, Mr. Incredible is taken into captivity. And Syndrome... So, Syndrome, for a while, since he was introduced as Buddy, Incredible Boy, yeah. he seems sort of just like, you know, whiny boy, sort of like whatever like that. Somehow, he he doesn't lose his character, but it definitely gets a little more menacing. Yeah, he, he, he gets for real in this scene. Yeah. Right? Like, at this scene, you're like, this guy's a fun villain. Like, he's very energetic and charismatic and like fun to watch do crazy stuff right but this is where it's like oh you're really a douche like <laughs> basically you know like you are actually really evil like okay so he goes to interrogate mr incredible he's all like like you sir truly are mr incredible and like you know reveals like everything that he did to hide from him and then he's like and then you had to ruin it by calling for help. Yep. Who'd you call? And he's like, call, oh, what are you talking about? And like shocks him and tortures him and yeah, stuff. So just, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then sees that the plane, uh, that, that Alaska girl's flying is like within their radars now too. Um, and so it was like, you know, who'd you call? Who'd you call? He's like, I didn't, I didn't call anybody. Um, so then he sends out two missiles, um, well, he he plays the audio of because you see Helen in the plane like saying India Golf Nine or Nine requesting yeah. landing or whatever, and like no one's getting back to her, so she puts on the suit and finds out all oh, the kids are on the plane. Like this is not what I wanted, and so she's like kind of dealing with that. But then you you know you get back to Bob and he plays the recording of her, and Bob's like, oh. oh. <laughs> Like his, you just see his eyes get really big. I think he says like Helen under his breath, actually, and then Syndrome's like, "Oh, you do know? Well, then I'll just send them a little greeting." And he fires missiles at him. Mm -hmm. This is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. This is one of the best scenes you're gonna see in like animated filmmaking. I think probably. no matter how many times I see this movie and I see this scene, it still gets my heart racing. Yeah. So basically, yeah, Mrs. Incredible is some sort of like trained pilot um, and is evading these missiles and even like, you know, stopping some of them, but like more keep coming. And she's like frantically calling them like abort, abort missiles. Like, please stop, please. She stop. keeps on shouting at Violet to, to 
create a force field around the plane, but she like she's like, but you but you were not allowed to use our powers. She's like, I know what I said. You just need to do it and stressing her out and stuff. Yeah, the camera work like, is Oh the, yeah, the camera is. work is super short and super cut. Um, the way the it, missiles will like pop out from behind the clouds or appear is always really menacing. Mm -hmm. It's really good. And then it, it comes to like that head where she's just like abort, 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 and she abort, says like abort, there's, abort, there's abort. like kids aboard, and Mister mm -hmm. Crumble's like no, like turn off the missiles, and you know, Sunob's like oh nope, not gonna do it. So oh. eventually, Elastigirl just knows like this tr this plane is gonna go. So in like the last split second, mm -hmm. she runs over and covers the kids with her explosion proof <laughs> super suit thing, which to was Edna. foreshadowed by Edna, mm -hmm. where she literally fired missiles at her suit, and, and they're all fine. She comes to mid air and grabs the kids and turns to a parachute. And they avoid like the flaming wreckage and stuff. And all they, they can see from the island is that it was a direct hit. And so they don't see any survivors. And so Bob is left to believe that nobody survived and yeah. that he lost his entire family. Yeah. Oh, man. There's a short scene where he he, he is able to like break through like the electricity. While Syndrome is like gloating in front of him, he like forces his way through the electricity enough to try to grab him. But uh, I almost said Mystique. Wrong movie. <laughs> Uh, Mirage pushes him out of the way and he winds up grabbing her instead and basically starts threatening to snap her like a twig. Uh, He's just like, <laughs> show me. me. Yeah. Syndrome calls his bluff and he lets her go, but he is like obviously a broken man. Mm -hmm. And like you can hear him crying in the background, which is like really sad actually. Like think about it now. They never but, focus on him entirely. You just hear it. Yeah. No, and it's really in the background, so you can miss it if, you're, if it's like too quiet. Or oh, whatever. no, I've always noticed it. It's I've missed it from time to time, but. Mm. Anyway, but uh, Mystique, Mystique. You did Mirage. it again. <laughs> yeah, dash, I dash. guess that's mine. Dash, dash. <laughs> Mirage is obviously very shooken up by this whole event. Like she, even during the missile scene, she was kind of like, really? You're not going to call that off? <laughs> uh, all right, I guess. But now she's really like, he was pretty you're, much willing to let me die. You're kind of awful, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, cut back to the kids and Mrs. Incredible. So Mrs. Incredible forms into a boat and Dash Shape of forms, a in, boat. <laughs> forms into a boat motor. And Form they, of a giant boat motor. And they, they just ride on over to the to the island. Um, they, All the while, Violet is just like kind of looking sadly at the ground yeah. and just like not happy and obviously very introspective about the whole thing. She explains to the kids that she needs to go off on her own. But they like, find you like know, a cave yeah. to hang out in for but the night. But if anybody like bad finds them, they need to not hesitate and use their powers to make sure they wear their masks because their identity is their most important attribute. Blah, blah, blah. Violet uh, goes and like apologizes to her for like freaking out back there. But she was all like, no, 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 no. It's, it's OK. You know, I was wrong to try to pressure you, yada, yada. Which is like. It's one of those things where you can see both sides, right? Like, at first, you're just like, come on, Violet, like, you're a superhero, just do it. But then you think about it, it's like, she's, like, never used her powers like this at all. Right. Like, on the plane, you see her, like, kind of, like, trying to form, like, a circle and, like, looking at the airplane, trying to, like, figure out, like, okay, okay, how big is this thing? Like, <laughs> I assume if she makes it too small, it's literally going to, like, shatter the airplane, you know? Oh, I didn't think about that, but you're right. Like, yeah, it's just going to cut through the airplane, probably. Like, I don't know how that would work, but, you know, in any case, like, up to this point, you've only really seen her use the barrier once for, like, a flat surface for Dash to run into. Like, 
it's like she is obviously not practiced with this ability right. so it really wasn't fair to do that at the last moment so i mean it's you know you got to do what you got to do but right. it's totally understandable and so they have a nice mom daughter moment all the moments with the mom and the kids are really nice like when she tells dash that she's really proud of him after the beginning of the movie where he's like you don't want me to ever use my powers and you don't really want me to do my best and blah 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 all of her moments with the kids are really nice and very genuine. Mm-hmm. So this is one of them, and this is sort of Violet's turning point. Um, we talked a little bit about Violet's voice actors in this movie, <laughs> how your wife really doesn't like her. Yeah. And I can totally understand why, because she just sounds very whiny, and her voice is always, like, a little bit shaky. She's, right? like, she's using the least amount of effort possible to talk. Yeah. Because, she's like, she's, she's a mouse. Like, she doesn't want to, like, you know, draw any attention to herself and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this is the turning point where, like... But from this point on, her I, I feel like her voice, like, they intentionally, like, made her voice a little stronger and it becomes much more... And she moves her hair out of her face, too, you yeah. know? Visual stuff like that to show. But it's nice because I think a lot of this... It really doesn't focus on one person in particular, but they all have their moments, and it's it's very nice. It's very appropriate for each character. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but she leaves them behind to like stay in the cave while she goes off. And we have another sleuthing scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, no dialogue. Yeah, and Mrs. Incredible just using her powers to like navigate through. There's a there's a scene where her leg gets caught in like an automatic door. <laughs> um, and then like her torso gets caught in like another automatic door. <laughs> These people are just sort of like. What, what is, is the, what is this? Some people get clotheslined by her when they're not looking. <laughs> and so, but she's able to take them all down and, yeah. and get on through. Um, she like, uh, what else? Ha- like, what else? She pokes she her head in like the power complex where like one room was like completely off the charts because it's holding Bob down. Yeah. And she's like, oh well, that's where he is, I guess. So during this time, also, um, uh, Dash like travels through like a tunnel and just like sort of exploring around because he's bored. And then, like, sees this big old tunnel, and it is all like the cool. tunnel. Tunnel turns like metal all of a sudden. Yeah, he's like, oh, that's weird. But um, but turns out this whole time they were they're ready for Project Kronos, uh, which is to launch a rocket in the air uh, all the way to carrying Omnidrome Ter- ten or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and um, and it turns out all the exhaust and all the fire is coming through their <laughs> that cave. cave. Yeah, Oops. so they run out as fast as they can, and then they get out there. Uh, the next morning, you know, Elastigirl's still like sleuthing around, um, and, uh, the kids wake up and they see this like parrot and this parrot is all like identification, please, or something. (laughs) Yeah. Um, finds out that they're intruders and squawks at them. And so they just have to run because now they're being chased. They're, they're caught on, on these surveillance cameras. And, uh, not only does Mrs. Incredible catch that, but so does Mirage, uh, Mirage Cash is like the kids kind of coming out there. And so um, I don't think Mrs. Incredible sees it actually. Oh no. Oh, she just goes straight for the prison cell. Right. Yeah. She goes straight for where yeah. Bob's at. Yeah. So Mirage gets to Bob first and like turns off his like torture device. And um, Bob is initially not having it. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh man, this is another just like compelling scene. Yeah. Um, just like the, the like pure rage in his face. So like he, she turns off the machine. She's, he's brought to his knees. She's trying to lift him up. She's all like, there isn't much time. And he, and he grabs her by the neck and just like, no, there isn't. It's <laughs> like, Oh, and like, I'm, I'm not even going to attempt to recreate the performance, but it's just, it's so compelling of just like, he's at rock bottom. He lost his family, presumably just because of his like pig headedness and his mm-hmm. foolishness. Yeah. So he's, he's got nothing left, you know, but then, Elastigirl comes through or no well, no, no she's she, all like they survived you know mm-hmm. um you know there's two kids like you know uh like running around and so he's 
of like, extremely elated, like, you know, drops her and gives then, her like, a hug, gives her a hug. And at that moment, Elastigirl comes <laughs> through the door and Mirage is like, hi, you must be. And then incredible sucker punched across punched. the jaw by her. And Mr. Incredible's like, hey, man, what's that about? <laughs> hey, she was saving me. No, that's what I was doing. Yeah. I love her characters like indignant in this through all this. Right. How she keeps trying to like be mad like because she is mad, but it's like, I don't know. She obviously suspected more. And, like, Bob just, like, doesn't even get it, right? Like, <laughs> like he immediately is like, cheat on you? Like, what? No. Like, how could I do that to you? And she's like, oh, yeah, whatever. He's just like, no, like, you're alive. Like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> like, everything he says is just, like, very calm. Like, oh, what? oh, you brought the kids. Well, how come you did that if you thought there was danger? She's like, hey, I don't think you're taking the proper tone. And he's just like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the kids are on the run and then they get stopped by like, you know, the faceless troopers and then and uh, buzzsaw planes. Yeah. Or Violet is just all like, dash, run, just, huh? Run. Oh yeah. yeah. She, she goes invisible. Yeah. She goes invisible. And then he, he does his thing. A great, great chase scene ensues with Jack. <sighs> <laughs> With Dash <laughs> and a bunch of their like bu flying buzzsaw planes. He's so fast that he can run on the surface of water. This is like a whole great scene where he's like figuring out his power. The moment when he starts running on the water and just his laugh right there is that's an iconic piece of like cinema. There's where it's you so good. There's where you know that he's never like been pushed to his powers. Since yeah. He just like his limits. Yeah. And sees that. Oh, it turns out I'm fast enough to just run on water. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and like either through, through dumb luck and through effort, he is able to evade all of them and even like blow up a lot of them. Yeah. Violet still has just like the one guy after her. Um, and, Sort of gets get like evades from him, but then uh, Dash comes back and like tries to save her. Right when he, she's about to get got. Yeah. yeah, and then and then he's about to to sh to fire on Dash, but then Violet comes out with like a big old force field like around her around herself, person. which yeah. she's never done before. Yeah, and like I've never seen before because even Dash is like, "How are you doing that?" She's like, "I don't know." It's <laughs> like whatever you just whatever you're doing, don't stop. And so Dash just starts running like, like a big old a, hamster and ball. a big old hamster ball. Turns out this force field is so amazing <laughs> that the the flying buzzsaw planes just, just bounce right off. That's actually really awesome. I never really appreciated that, but it's really satisfying just seeing them like just sort of get grazed by it and then like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and as Mr. Incredible running. and Elastigirl are, are like running after them too. Yeah. They end up running, being run over by the hamster ball and they're all reunited. And then there's like a brief fight scene where they're all together as a family oh, fighting down so the bus. That's planes. probably my favorite fight scene. Here's and the, thing, the end one I, is great too. Here's the thing I love about that scene. It is intentionally cut short, comically cut yeah, short. Because yeah. then Syndrome just flies in and is like, whoa, 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 time out. And but like it's so cool getting to see all of, them. all of them like use their powers in front of each other. And yeah. like, it's just, and it ends with like Mr. Incredible and Mrs. Incredible being like, oh, I love you. Like with the big old flaming. And that just seems so appropriate. It's just so neat that they get to like do the stuff that makes them awesome. And they can all like admire each other for it. Right. Yeah. Like Violet's totally blocking two airplanes, firing guns or whatever. And Dash is creating smoke screens. And, you know, Mrs. Incredible is kicking dudes off their plane. And Mr. Incredible is just punching stuff. And it's just like. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's <laughs> just, it's totally a teaser for what's to come, but like seeing it for the first time and seeing how it's so natural, especially to the kids, right? From like now that they've discovered what they're doing is just very, very satisfying mm -hmm. and very appropriate. But they get caught. 
So back at Metroville, the Omnidroid has emerged and, you know, the army is about, they're just like, what, <laughs> what is this? And then it like pops out and starts firing on people and whatnot. And they're shooting it, but it's not doing anything. I'm like, oh no. Uh, it's there that, so all the family gets put back into that prison cell and Syndrome just reveals his whole entire plan. He's monologuing again, <laughs> saying that he's going to, he's going to show himself as the superhero here by just like fabricating his own victory, his own victory. Yeah. yeah. By being able just to fully control the Omnidroid. Um, and then like, you know, once he's like had his fill, he's going to sell all his inventions so that everybody can feel like they're a superhero because when everybody is super, no one will be just a, that's a callback also to yeah to when uh dash and and uh elastigirl are talking in the car she's just like everyone's special dash which yeah. is another way of saying no one is yeah interesting which is interesting because they never really address that but it is just sort of it's just kind of food for thought i guess right yeah. like they just uh -huh. kind of leave it floating out there mm -hmm. but they do imply that it is kind of a poor way of thinking because it's the villain's philosophy so yeah. i don't yeah. know yeah so um um, uh, Mr. Incredible starts like starts doing, monologuing. He starts monologuing <laughs> on this long apology to his family and stuff, and all the while Violet just turns on a force field and just rolls on <laughs> out of there. Yeah, and turns off the torture device for each of them, and so they're running through the complex, trying to find like a way back to the mainland, and they're like, you know, we need a jet. A jet's not fast enough. Well, what's faster than a jet? How about a rocket? Because yeah. it's just so happened Syndrome built two rockets. <laughs> um, and so they're all like, well, to get out of here, we're going to need some help. But Mirage is still around. So she's all like, you hey. know. Yeah. So she she helps them out there. So they basically fly the exact same thing that the Omnidroid was in, except except instead of in the like Omnidroid. A TV car yeah, they have some sort of thing. like RV thing or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they fly back onto the mainland that way. Meanwhile, the Omnidroid is still causing a ruckus. There's a great, great little scene here of them arguing about what exit to take off, which is very like domestic humor, but in this context, it just has like a different element to it. Sure. It's really funny. Um, so now Syndrome has arrived onto the mainland, and like people are all like, Who is that? Is that Vironic? No, this is Vironic. <laughs> he's like, No, I'm a new kind of superhero. I'm Syndrome. Ooh. So he's like flying around the Omnidroid and then like pushing buttons on this remote to like make it seem like he's. He's punching it's off like the arm arms off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Turns out, though, this robot is super AI sentient and, like, notices, like, hey, why did my arm fall off? Oh, it's that remote. I want that remote. And shoots it off of uh, <laughs> off of Syndrome and, like, shoots off one of his, like, his, like, boots. So he, like, flies away and he's useless now. Yeah, he, like, collides into a building and completely knocks out. So then the Incredibles land. Um, there's another scene of, of Bob's, like, vulnerability where, like, he tells everybody just to stay right there and be safe. He'll take care of it. But, like, Elastigirl's all, like you know like no we're a team you know we have to do this together yeah, helen initially thinks this is him like trying to prove himself or like show that he doesn't need anybody or whatever and that's kind of how it appears at first but he's just like no it's like that's not what it is and she's like what is this like i'm not strong enough and she's like oh is this just a workout and he's like no i can't like he's just having trouble like saying it obviously but it, it comes across like he's just being very selfish and like oh this is my time to shine but like and then he reveals that is that he can't lose his family again mm -hmm. and he's afraid of losing them and the same way like after experiencing that once he can't deal with that happening again and it's it's really like the emotional buildup of the whole movie was like ripe for that moment right mm. it's really it's very real because he like bows his head and like won't even show his face to her because he's like ashamed of it really yeah it's a yeah 
It's a really, really nice scene. Mm-hmm. Makes them very human, which is really what this whole movie is about. Like, all of these characters feel very human in their superhero-ness. Like, all the issues they're going through. Like, Bob is basically just going through a midlife crisis, right? Like, yeah. you figure 15 years after his prime, he's probably, like, early 40s, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, at its core, it's kind of just like a midlife crisis movie. But because it just kind of shows that to you and doesn't spend all its time telling you about what a midlife crisis it is, like, <laughs> you just experience the emotion without feeling like you're getting all the tropiness yeah. right mm-hmm. and we'll talk about this a little bit with the second movie where it was a little tropey this movie never feels tropey even though like some of that stuff is in there it feels like it's telling a new a completely story. original story yeah, yeah it just the way that it does everything and like in reality most movies aren't really it's really hard to make an original movie right everything is going to be relying on tropes to some extent there's nothing new under the sun blah 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 but how you do it makes such a big difference i've said this before like toy story at its core is a buddy movie yeah right it's a buddy flick and yet you don't really think of it like that until someone tells you that's what it is you're like oh yeah it is just a buddy movie and yet all the circumstances surrounding it and the characters in it feel so real and so unique that it's it feels new and like that's what life is right like so many of the issues you go through in life are not something new that no one has ever experienced before but it's it's with individual people who are always just a little bit different and have different motivations and so when you see bob's motivation between his like classic male pig-headedness or whatever right it humanizes him so much because suddenly he's multi-dimensional he like has these different aspects that are influencing other aspects of himself and it it all really comes together in this scene where at first he's acting like Mr. Incredible has throughout the whole movie and Elastigirl is not having it, but then it comes out, oh, that's why you're acting this way. And it's from such a good heart that you can't help us cheering for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a good scene. It's really emblematic of what the whole movie manages to pull off. So this big old fight scene ensues. Um, oh, geez, we didn't even talk about Frozone. What? <laughs> Where's my super suit? It need this scene no needs no introduction, so this happens. Anyway, like those two scenes with Frozone, that and like the intro are like two of the most classic pieces of like animated. I mean, you tell me you're some super, super mega, mega ultra, ultra lightning babe. babe. That's all right with me. I'm, I'm good. good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, super suit scene. Yeah. So, anyways, he comes on out and he's helping out the fight. Um, they deduce that yeah the same thing the the rope the remote controls the robot yeah they find that Mr Incredible finds the remote and it's like the remote controls the robot and the robot immediately looks at him and Bob's like oh <laughs> and so now they're playing keep away with the remote for quite some time oh there's so many satisfying scenes in I here know, like where he throws it to Dash he's like go along which is totally a callback to like in the montage where he's playing yeah. football it's just like a dad and a son playing like football with each other but in like these high stakes and it's just like oh you made the family thing work in this situation that's so cool mm. and like mom is looking on like oh my baby boy like in like mortal danger but like he's doing what he's meant to do and it's just oh it's so good mm-hmm. it's so good i don't oh. i don't want to go over everything because i don't want to just like explain no, yeah. everything but like you can't it, it feels like it's so unjust just to say there was a fight scene and yet you, like you don't want to go into every detail but like you feel like you have to I because know. every detail is so good i know and so meaningful and like when Violet initially saves like Dash from the robot and then like gets knocked out and then Mr. Incredible's like, F no, and is under them like holding the whole thing up with his like bare hands. It's just like, oh, it's so satisfying. It's mm. so good. 
So Frozone freezes some stuff, I guess. Uh, <laughs> poor Frozone is just kind of the delay tactic throughout all of this. He's yeah. like, let me freeze it. It'll break it in two seconds, but at least I bought us two seconds. <laughs> and he does that a lot. So, But eventually they win. Um yeah. Yeah, they win. <laughs> Turns out Syndrome didn't really fix the uh, vulnerabilities that his previous robot had. He just kind of made it bigger and harder to exploit, I guess. Yeah. But eventually they do, and yeah. that's that. So, yeah, everybody's, like, all happy for them and yada yada. And Rick Dicker is, like, you know, like, oh, we've, we've frozen all of Syndrome's assets. And, like, he's, like, under all of our surveillance. So, yeah. you know, if he even so much as a sneeze, we'll be there with a handkerchief. and the a hanky uh, parent. Handcuffs. Yeah. So. Um, voice actor really delivers that line well. Really good voice so, so Elastigirl is calling their voicemail. And it turns out the babysitter that Violet and Dash got for Jack-Jack is freaking out freaking out about something and leaving voicemail after voicemail after voicemail until she just says like oh your relief worker came so now everything is fine they're like relief person so they go home to find syndrome yeah. got into their house and is gonna steal jack jack away from them so he flies away because his jet is like right above their house blows and, a hole in their roof yeah and jack jack is like freaking out he's a baby um, and then gets angry, turns into the human torch, <laughs> turns into metal Mario and turns tur into demon baby, turns into demon baby to the point where he knocks off one of his flying boots. But and the Incredibles like, can't see this happening. They're just on the ground freaking out. Like, what do we do? What do we do? Like yeah. throw something. And Mr. Crumb's like, I'm not going to throw something. I'm going to hit the baby. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so then they, instead, last girl just like throw me. Yep. <laughs> so he throws her yeah. and grabs him. Um, he uh, he lands inside his uh, jet. Syndrome does. Syndrome, yeah. But Mr. Incredible sees his nice car and just throws his car at the jet. <laughs> yep. Um, and that knocks Syndrome into the plane jet turbine where, where his cape, cape gets, gets caught. caught. <laughs> <sighs> and so the jet blows up. Um, they land safely, and Violet like saves the whole family with the force field. From, Which like, the is also a very debris. satisfying moment for her character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Everything in this movie comes to such a satisfying conclusion. Mm -hmm. It it's partly all those little things that I mentioned, where you know, with the cape thing coming back into it, or the football scene, like all these small things, but. Man, those things matter so much because mm -hmm. they're so satisfying because it gives you the impression that, like, everything you saw mattered, mm -hmm. right? And, like, Mr. Incredible throwing his car at them is such a, like, symbol, like, a symbol, I mixed symbol and emblem. That's <laughs> funny. An emblem of, like, I don't care what it takes. Like, you are not messing with my family. I will throw my nice car that I bought <laughs> at you. Like, screw you, man. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like there are all these moments that, like, come to something, right? Violet not being able to protect them from the explosion, and then she gets to protect them from an explosion, mm -hmm. right? Dash not being able to, like, fully express his powers and then doing that in such a satisfying way where he figures out he can, like, run on top of water and just them as a family being able to like congratulate each other and like celebrate their strengths and Mr. Incredible being like, Oh, you, you wear your hair back, Violet. Now like, it looks good. And just like the sincerity of like a daughter, like accepting this compliment from her dad, you know? Yeah. Just like all these very, very satisfying resolutions for every character individually is there. It's what makes this movie so special. It, it's one. I mean, there's so many good things in this movie, but that's what really takes it over the top for me. Um, for the very end of the movie also um dash 
I almost said dash dash. Dash dash. I literally almost said dash dash. He stopped. Good job. Finally finds his outlet and joins track and field. Um, and is like doing like a sprint. And, but like, and like his parents are all like, like, go, 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 go. No, 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 no. Hold back. Hold back a little bit. Hold back a little bit. Second place. Second place. Second place. Second place. Second place. Second place. And all the, all the kids are like, <laughs> and dash is just like, yeah. yeah. And then Tony is like there at the meet also and runs into Violet. And Tony is like, uh, you seem different. She's like, I feel different. Is different okay? And he's like totally like, you know, flustered and like, oh, pretty girl or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever. And like invites her out to a movie and stuff. Yeah. So there's, there's an end there too. So then they're leaving the meet and uh, this big old hole comes out of the ground and this huge drill and this mole-like guy just goes, Voice by Behold, yeah. I am the underminer. What's that guy's name again? John Ratzenberger. Yeah. <laughs> The, the Pixar staple. You know? Yep. Um, so he's a super villain. And the movie just ends with each of the family members, including Jack-Jack, putting on their secret masks. I liked, again, how it wasn't Mr. Incredible who started it. He, like, looks at his wife, like, what do we do? And she's, like, already got her mask on along yeah. with Violet. And then he looks up at Dash, and he's already got his mask on. And he's like, I love my family. Mm. I mean, he doesn't say that. But, like, that's the thing. He doesn't of have course, to say it. Of course. You just see it, right? How now everyone is together and they're supporting him and like they love what he loves and it's just very satisfying and then that amazing trumpet screech happens and that's <laughs> the end of the movie and then starts the end credits <laughs> yep which is hard to turn off like to be completely honest and that is literally one of the best pixar movies ever made yeah it's one of the best animated movies ever made. Mm -hmm. It really is. I don't know how more to explain it. I always feel a little unsatisfied to end a cast like this because we, we just decided to do synopsis style because it kind of allows us to do things point by point. But I feel like sometimes we blow past all the little moments that make the movie so special. But at the same time, going through each one of them and quoting the movie is like such an injustice because there's so many lines that Syndrome has that you could go by line by line and be like, man, this line was really great. Like even when he just randomly gets a Western accent, <laughs> it seems to fit his over the top character so well that you don't, it doesn't take you out. It actually like is just entertaining and mm -hmm. funny and great mm -hmm. for his character. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's so many lines that are just so classic in this movie. Right. Where you could say them, we could say them to you and deliver them horribly and not the way <laughs> the voice actors did at all because the voice actors in this movie are fantastic. Like there's not a single one who I didn't like. Probably the only one is like early movie Violet. Like I totally get that, but I also, and maybe this is just perception more than reality, but I also feel like they did make a like conscious effort to change her voice acting halfway through the movie to coincide with her own character development. And from that point forward, her voice actor is great. Like it, it always expresses exactly what Violet's supposed to be, right? And what are you going to say bad about Samuel L. Jackson? Like, <laughs> he's fantastic. And, you know, even Dash, I feel, does such a good job of just being a little kid, you know? Yeah. There's not any one of them who doesn't deliver their lines perfectly. And in doing that, it feels like such a drama, like such a high quality. The stakes always feel high because these people are real, you yeah. know? So I could, I could rave about this movie forever. I could listen to this soundtrack for ever and ever. The thing that I noticed about at first, the thing that sort of made me notice how many open spaces there were, were, in thinking about it, because we have seen Incredibles 2 and we don't want to do too much comparison between the two movies, but when I note when I was watching this movie, it really stuck out to me how many more of these open spaces there were because I like the music in this one a lot better. And in watching this one again, I noticed how much 
how many more opportunities they give the music to shine in these scenes where quote unquote nothing is happening mm -hmm. right where it's just her sneaking around and like you know the bass or like when mr incredible is doing that or whatever but those scenes obviously aren't designed to let the music you know just show off like that that'd be awkward if that was it they're just there to show you what is happening and to show you the emotions and to show you these great scenes which you know by today's standards maybe a lot of these scenes don't look great maybe things look a little blocky and a little imperfect but back then it wasn't it was amazing like it was top of the line and even watching it now it's not it's not bad at all but it's mm -hmm. the one thing that's aged you know yeah so but the way that they paced those to where they never felt boring and they used them to show off the music was really really smart and really a good way of making sure every aspect of this movie stood out and was memorable because this music is so memorable and is so good and there's so many classic moments in the scenes where I can remember exactly what the music is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. Oh, man. I, I could rave all the time, and yet I don't know what else I could say about I this know. movie. You know, it's it's a weird thing where it's just like, this is 10 out of 10 for me. I'm not saying it's completely perfect, but it's about as close as I can imagine a movie like this getting. Mm -hmm. And they hadn't, you talked about this in Kung Fu Panda too, where they hadn't really had these action-y animated films right. before Incredibles, right? Right. This really, it was in, I don't want to say it was in an era of superhero movies because the superhero movies back then were still pretty spaced out. Like X-Men and Spider-Man were still kind of the exception and they were like just getting us back to that mode, right? right. After Superman had kind of fallen off and <laughs> Batman had George Clooney'd itself and whatever. <laughs> and so they were like kind of coming back, but even then this was a completely different take on the superhero movie. It People like to compare the styles of like DC and Marvel where it's like DC is about like superheroes trying to be normal people and like Marvel's about normal people trying to be superheroes or whatever. And I feel like this movie like completely matched those two ideas, right? It felt exactly like both. It was Bob as a superhero trying to adapt to being a normal person, but he still had all the normal person problems, right? So it it did a great job of reflecting both of those things. Yeah. And, uh, I'm very glad we took the time to watch this movie. I'll never be sad about like taking the time to watch this movie. Sure. You know, that's it. Next week should be Muppet Treasure Island. Then we could. I have absolutely no objections. It is summer. It is summer. We so can we, do it now. We could do it. We're gonna do it. There you go. Look forward to Muppet Treasure Island. Okay. And who knows what else? Who knows what else? Yep. So then, anything else, Dave? No. Oh, I mean, look forward to Incredibles 2 first. Incredibles oh, sure. 2 will come right after yeah. this. And then some, eventually, it'll be Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, so. eventually. Yeah. And then we'll do a full cover-up on Munster, Muppet Monster eventually. <laughs> what and, a waste uh, of my life. Oh, jeez. My heart. <laughs> do you even have the whole game? I thought you just played the demo. I mean, I have an emulator. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever actually played it through that whole game? No. <laughs> You're going to tell me how great it is when you haven't even played past the demo. I mean, you don't know either, do you? I feel like I have a pretty decent <laughs> idea. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. All righty. Let's go ahead and conclude this, yeah? Yeah, it's been long. Again, if you haven't seen this movie, what is wrong with you? Just go see it. Just go see Please. it. Please. I just want what's best for you. <laughs> <laughs> all righty so thank you for another uh, another movie cast with us we'll get back to the game cast extremely soon 
Um, at least after Hopefully. Well, well Muppet Monster Adventure will be our, our return back to gaming <laughs> Glorious return <laughs> So The game everyone's been waiting to hear about So special thanks of course to Danny Bear Hubert For the wonderful artwork And uh, to the combined efforts of uh, Rob KTA, Expert Novice, and OC Remix For the intro and outro music And uh, Go see the movie Go see yeah, Incredibles 2 Go see both well. movies go, go see them Yeah Just do it Hopefully it's a double feature you can see them <laughs> Oh <all>. gosh <laughs> And we'll see you on the next one Take care Thank you.